Steeler Nation, Steeler Country, we are back. I should say I am back from the sick team. We went down to the NFL Combine in Indy. Mike Nicastro is back. Um, I know you guys missed us, but we have a lot to talk about. Uh, all these draft prospects, uh, we, we have some clips we're going to go over. The NFL Combine was crazy. I ate steak. Me and Sammy got <laughs> pasta. It has been just electric. I'm still riding the high off of that weekend. Uh, it, it was a, a short trip, but a great trip. So let's just get to it. The sick podcast, Steelers Crazy. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick podcast. Steelers Crazy. Aaron Smith shields. Blacko Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Damn, man, with all that steak and pasta, I would think you were working out for a potential NFL spot. Yeah, you, you never know. Uh, I didn't get to do the 40 uh, time. That, uh, it was just too crazy outside. It, it got busy. But uh, I can see I you on the bench do, press. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely got my reps in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, everything was great. I mean, I appreciate the sick team uh, bringing me down. We really were able to get a lot of good content. I know I was in touch with you. I know you were there in spirit, um, but yeah, just to kind of recap the NFL combine, I, it's basically, you know, it's in Indianapolis. It was at the, so we had the media day, the first, you know, the first half of the day and you would just walk in there and it was just everyone. I mean, I walked in, I, I went to the restroom and came back and uh, Sammy and Bryce Young are just uh, hanging out. He's like, Hey, I'm Bryce. I'm like, yeah, they're boys now. They're boys. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, we seen Jerry Jones at the steakhouse. Um, you know, he didn't everyone pick up your tab. Everyone, no, Jerry uh, didn't he, pick up your tab. I was just Cheap happy ass. that he got down the steps in one piece. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, everything. It, it was just amazing. Uh, ran into Brian Flores. Um, uh, That's Matt cool. Hasselbeck, uh, Kurt Warner. I mean, you know, guys. Again, sorry, Kurt. We apologize for the, uh, you know, the Super Bowl. But, and you know, Matt, too. To do yeah. Don't forget about yeah. that. We almost yes. forgot about that when we were talking the other day. Yes. We so, beat I mean, Matt and Kurt. Yeah. I mean, it, and it was it, it, down there. You can't even explain it. Like, there was people who weren't even there interviewing people. They just go down and you just run into so many people. And it's just such a good networking opportunity. And to really these guys, you know, they're, they're about to be professional athletes. And uh, it was just crazy. I mean, just seeing, you know, a lot of the pit guys there and, uh, you know, some of the people that we had on our podcast and, you know, some hopefully future uh, Steelers, uh, I think we'll, we'll kind of jump uh, right into it. Really what stuck out to me the most in pers person is just how personable all these young, young athletes were and just how, how friendly and humble everyone was. I mean, there was people from NFL Network, uh, you know, ESPN, everyone who is anyone. Lucas Oil Stadium's beautiful. Um, not really a big Colts guy, but uh, rather than that, I will say that the uh, that the atmosphere was great and uh, Indianapolis treated the sick team well. But uh, yeah, so uh, I think we have a clip. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, I think I pronounced that right. Um, yep. This guy here, man, I I'll tell you what, man, he's just the, the nicest guy. 
Um, and you could just tell that this dude is going to be a superstar lineman. So l- let's play that clip and let's just uh, let's just talk about it a little bit because I really hope this guy is, is is who the Steelers are taking at seventeen. I meet with them on Thursday. What are your thoughts on Mike Tomlin and them? Yeah, you know it was great. It was great talking to Coach Tomlin. Uh, he's clearly a really personal personal guy. Seems like a really great players coach. Obviously, the success speaks for itself. They're always competitive every year. Um, I really enjoyed that interview. Peter, what goes into? Yeah, man, Skaronsky. What a what a last name. I feel like yeah. Pittsburghers, Yinzers around the dinner table at Thanksgiving would just eat that up. I mean, literally and figuratively. Skaronsky. That just is a Pittsburgh like blue collar yeah. steel worker type name. I, I honestly can't say it enough. Uh, just has that raspy quality to it. The dude is a beast. You said it. You hope he falls to 17 and is able to be in the black and gold next year. I think the problem is because he's such a beast, that's just not going to happen. And I think the Steelers would have to consider a potential trade-up to go and get him. When I look at Peter Skaronsky, overall, though, he's my number two offensive lineman prospect in this draft. I know we'll get to my number one shortly coming up, another guy that you were able to talk to and get some feedback with. We'll just say he's in the state to the left. Um, But Peter Skaronsky, man, this guy is – remember when we talked to Trey Essex on this Mm -hmm. sick podcast and Trey, former Steelers Super Bowl champion, came on, and the words he used were the Steelers need a blue-blood offensive lineman. They -hmm. need a blue-blood. He used Quentin Nelson as an example, a dude that would just come in from a – power conference who has a resume that stacks up against some of the best offensive linemen in the country, a guy with experience, leadership, and Peter Skaronsi checks all of those boxes. Nothing against, you know, our guys we've had on the show, McClendon Curtis, offensive lineman, Chattanooga, good dude, good player. He's going to be a good NFL player. Joey Shepard, Joey Fisher, I should say, out of Shepard, another guy I think is going to be a good NFL player as a late round pick sleeper on the board there, but they don't fit that blue blood mold. Like the top three offensive linemen in this draft do Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson jr. Skaronsky. There are some hesitations league wide that he could ultimately be a guard. He has short, right? Like we keep hearing that last year. We heard last year, of course, last year we heard what Kenny Pickett, you know, small hands. hands are too small. his arms are too small well they weren't too small at northwestern to be one of the best offensive linemen in all of college football so i you know what i do see two sides of it if he's going to be one of the best guards for two decades in the national football league like quentin nelson then yeah i get the move but if he's going to be an above average tackle that might be more valuable to a team in the future especially a team like the steelers at left tackle yeah, and honestly, just standing next to him, I mean, I'm a, I'm not the tallest guy. I mean, this dude's calf muscles were like as big as each of my biceps. I mean, the dude is just like, <laughs> and you've been working out a lot. A, yeah, I mean, this dude is just a brick wall. I mean, in in I, you know, you you wrote an article on Yenzer Crazy, I think uh, a few months ago about you know how the Steelers haven't drafted an offensive lineman yep. in the past decade. And uh, something I really took from when I read that article is that this is Omar Khan's time to 
shift the narrative. It's it's his world. I mean, I'm sure Kevin Colbert, I know that I think that he was there earlier in the week. I'm sure that he's always going to, you know, given tips and being, you know, uh, giving him guidance. But, you know, this is Omar Khan's year to really show like, hey, like the Steelers need it starts up front. The Steelers yep. need an offensive lineman. I have nothing against Jordan Addison. I think that he will be a great player. But if the Steelers, if you take him at 32, I'm fine with it. But taking an, another wide receiver when we already have George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Steven Sims Jr. showed promise this year. Um, Kelvin Austin. And Pat. Went, and yeah. Pat. Yeah, I mean, Pat's a top Pat option. Primer. Yeah, Connor Hayward. We we're good. We're good. So I hope that Jordan Addison goes and, and best of luck to him somewhere else. I just don't see it. Like I get the Kenny Pickett connection, but the Steelers need an offensive lineman or a cornerback. Will Joey Porter Jr. be there at 17? I don't know. And I don't I don't want to just speculate and say, oh, well, they're just gonna take him if he is available because Joey Porter, you know, was a Steeler. You know, I, I understand that, but the dude's a baller at the end of the day. And then I know uh, with the Gonzalez kid, um, I don't think he's going to be there either. It's he's a freak. Yeah. I mean, that dude, I was watching the dude's highlight tape. I'm like, I I can't believe I've never, you know, I I haven't really heard of him until I started doing my draft homework. Um, And man, that dude. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we just, we need to get, an offensive lineman point blank. It goes back to that blue bud conversation. Yes. Who were the last couple offensive linemen the Steelers drafted that were almost hall of famers, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro. Those were the offensive linemen the Steelers selected. They selected them both in the first round and both of them turned out to be all pros, Florida, Stanford, blue bloods. So this season, man, I tell you what, I have been really on the fence about the Steelers moving up in the draft. If I had to make a prediction, I would put it at 90% that they don't trade up. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. There's still a lot of talent on the board. But if one of those three top offensive, top offensive linemen did fall, I would move up a couple of picks to secure getting them. I think it's worth it at the end of the day to give up a future third rounder or you know move back in the second round this year because they do have pick 32 to get a stud because once Johnson, Skoronsky, Broderick Jones are off the board, there's a serious drop-off. Yeah, I agree. And I think that this leads us into a nice segue for our next uh, Izzy Abanacanda, a pit guy. I caught up with him at the Combine, and we have a clip here. And everyone, before you go, we don't need another running back. Listen, there is a lot of NFL teams who have the three running back set. You have a third down back. You have a goal line back. You know, Najee Harris, it can only take so much. I know he's a workhorse, but it is good to have options. I don't think Benny Snell is the answer. I think we kind of already established that. Jalen Warren was, a, again, another guy who just really stepped up and proved his worth. So I'm excited to see what he'll do in his second season. But uh, this guy right here, I mean, he killed it at Pitt. I mean, I, I watched him just completely run all over the ACC. Um, so let's play this clip. I, I asked him uh, what it would mean to play in Pittsburgh and what the fans meant to him and, and being back with his uh, quarterback, Kenny Pickett. This in-practice facility at Pitt with the Steelers, uh, what would it mean to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, and have you been in talks with uh, Mike Tomlin or anyone over there? I haven't, I haven't been in uh, talks with them. I actually was supposed to have informed them the other day, but it's a long time, like I said. Uh, but being, being around, uh, if I get back to Pitt, it would be lovely. I love the fans out there. I love the city. 412, you know, hell of a pit. It's great. 
Yeah, I mean, he Not was just he was just gleaming ear to ear. I think that uh, he 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 probably realized that I was from uh, Pitt and you know covered them and had some familiarity with him. And uh, I, I think, it, you know, a later round pick, I'm not sure where, where, you, where do you think that he'll be projected? Like he'll be available. If so, I think he's a fourth, fifth round guy only because the running back position is devalued. Yeah. And I think there are guys ahead of him, like the Texas running backs, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Alabama, Jameer Gibbs. He's probably in that like sixth, seventh best running back in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a really good player. Yeah. I went over his stats the other day and, you know, holy McMoley, you know, you talk about, uh, I think he had a six touchdown game. The guy I think led the ACC in rushing touchdowns, rushing yards. I think you made a really good point off the top when you talked about three running back systems, right? Or multiple running back systems. The point isn't to take away carries from Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. The key is to make them better. Look what Jalen Warren did for Najee Harris last year, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Izzy Abanacanda can do the same thing for Jalen Warren or Najee Harris. Obviously, running backs as well. I mean, that position is volatile. They get hurt quite often. Mm-hmm. You do need a few. How many times have we seen Benny Snell be thrust into action? D'Angelo yeah. Williams in the past. I you mean, can go all the way down the list. Amos Zaraway. It's Blake like having Parker a good backup. backup. Yeah, it's like having a good backup quarterback. I mean, Kenny. Kenny Pickett, um, you know, had concussion issues. Mitch Trubisky was next in line. You know, you need to reactivate Mason Rudolph last year to make sure that if something happened to Mitch, I mean, football injuries happen and you can't, you can't project when they're going to happen. It's sporadic. It just happens and you got to be ready. It's, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter the level, the level at which you're playing at. It's always the next man up mentality. Um, And I think that, having the depth is never a bad thing. We seen on defense with, you know, our guy, Chris Wormley, when, when guys went down, he needed to step up and he stepped up in a big way. And then when you step up in a big way and they show that you can prove yourself, then you get more reps, you get more carries. And and that's just, that's just football. Should they prioritize running back? Hell no. I mean, they have two decent ones, but if you want a really good player at, at a position, that's going to take pressure off two top running backs, Najee and Jalen and a quarterback, uh, you know, who needs all the help he can get because obviously you don't want your quarterback throwing the ball 40 times a game, especially in this type of offense. Why not go after Izzy? You know, a couple teams in the NFL, I look at the Philadelphia Eagles who made a run to the Super Bowl, of course, could have won mm-hmm. that thing, used three running backs all year. Sanders, Gainwell, Boston Scott. The Dolphins last year, Mike McDaniel, this offensive guru, this next, you know, generation of offensive coaches did the same thing. Moster Edmonds in there. And then he traded for Jeff Wilson. I think of the 49ers too, the Mike McDaniel tree. They've always done that. So listen, it's cool for us to talk about Izzy because it's a local connection and you got to talk to him a little bit, but it's a lot more than just like this cute little feel good story. Yeah. Let's talk about Izzy because he's a pit guy and we got to talk to him. No, I think I'm with you. I think the Steelers could get a steal in the fourth or fifth round if he is available. Yeah, so let's let's shift it a little bit. Let's talk about some other guys. Let's talk about Broderick Jones and uh, Paris Johnson. Um, I know that your uh, Mel Kuyper, Mike Kuyper Jr. will call you. Um, just kind of just got better hair just, than me. I, I don't know, man. It's it, it it's pretty close, but uh, maybe I'm being biased. Um, but yeah, man, just just talk about those two guys. Just shed some shed some light on for our viewers in in. I just because Broderick Jones, to me, I feel like that can be another if again, you know, the 
this is what's crazy about this this draft to me in in all reality is you have I have no idea rather than like the first five picks of who's gonna go where like it, it, it this is like the most unpredictable draft that I've that that I've ever seen in my lifetime if if I must say I think you're gonna see a lot of quarterbacks in those top five because teams are gonna be moving up yeah. to snag these guys without risking the fact that they couldn't get one, which is going to benefit the Steelers because it'll push better talent position mm-hmm. down the board. I'll be quick with this one. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Paris Johnson Jr. is a plug-and-play left tackle. You draft him, you put him at left tackle. He's there for the next 10 years, and you don't look back. So he, for me, is one of the top players on the entire board for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they'll get them, get him or have a chance at him, but – uh, if I were to sneak up and offer a trade, that's my number one target. Skaronsky, number two. Broderick Jones, number three. I watched some tape, Broderick Jones. I watched him play against LSU this past year in the SEC Championship. To be honest, he got his ass whipped a little bit by BJ Ojolari, who's also going to be a mm. first-round pick out of LSU. But he has a ton of talent, and the measurables are there. He's you know he's a guy from Georgia, and the Steelers scouted and watched a lot of George Pickens last year. I'm sure they're watching guys like – Keely Ringo, even Jalen Carter this year. So they're going to have a great feel for what he can do. Like I said, he's not a perfect prospect. He's a distant three for me behind Paris and Peter. But his third place is much higher than my distant fourth or fifth when you start talking about like Dewan Jones, Darnell Wright. So I think he'd be an awesome pick at 17. I I really do when it's all said and done because those three for me are the the three best alignments. Yeah, so talk about another guy that uh, you talked to on the show, uh, Dayon Henley. Um, yeah. Dudes, dudes again, a baller. Um, and uh, Jalen Reed as well. Just touch on those two, and then uh, we'll wrap it up because I know it's the weekend, and uh, but we're going to be back Tuesday. I know you're going to be in Mexico, but things are going to be happening, man, here over at the Steeler Crazy uh, site. So just make sure you subscribe, Sick Podcast, follow us on Twitter, all the socials, leave us a review on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're not just on YouTube. Just make sure that you subscribe. Free Steeler content all year round. Free? We're free. I thought we were charging now. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, Day and Henley, we had him on the show, like you said. Go back and, and check out that show. What a personable, hilarious, smart, relatable Dude, he is guy that switched from wide receiver at Nevada to linebacker at Washington State. He bulked up like 20 pounds this past year, so he ran a little bit slower of a 40 than I thought he'd run. I think he was in the early four fives. I thought he'd run maybe in the four twos. I actually joked around with him on the podcast that he might run uh, in the four twos, <laughs> but I thought he might crack the four fours. It doesn't matter for me. His speed flashes on film. He's a new breed of linebackers in the NFL. Guys that run sideline to sideline, guys that can cover tight ends, which Steelers have never been able to freaking do. It feels, mm-hmm. feels like over the past decade, from Gronk to Kelsey to Andrews, so on and so forth. Henley has got the measurables. Will his game translate? Can he you know, add a little bit more weight? Can he stop the run, I think, are the big questions. But he's a guy in the second round that I would run run the card up for. And then, Reed, you mentioned this. I keep bringing up this Michigan State connection. I don't want yeah. the Steelers or think the Steelers will draft a receiver in the first or second round. So if you're looking in the third or fourth, Reed is a really good option. Turn on his tape. 
He was a highlight reel at Michigan State. He's got a lot of intangibles. And I always make the connection when the Steelers are watching tape of somebody they've drafted before, there are players that stand out that they are more recognizable, I guess, is, is what I'm looking for. They're just mm-hmm. on their palate. And I know they're watching a ton of Connor Hayward last year. They drafted him. They played Pitt in a bowl game, Michigan State, in the Peach Bowl. So if you're watching Connor Hayward, you're watching Reed. And yeah. you're probably like, holy crap, this guy's good. It's the same thing I said the last couple of years when the Steelers drafted two Texas A&M players. They drafted Buddy Johnson, linebacker, and then they drafted that same year Dan Moore at left tackle. Well, I said last year, you know what? They watched a lot of A&M. I wonder if DeMarvin Leal, defensive lineman, is on their radar. I put him in my final mock draft. They took him. So don't underestimate that connection. Makes sense with Georgia, too, with Pickens. You could say the same thing with Pickett and Izzy, maybe even Kalijah Kansi. Uh, you know, some of these guys that they took last year, keep in mind that they're watching that film more than others. So they'll stand out to them to a different degree in terms of, uh, you know, who they've scouted. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting um, to see. This is the most exciting time of the year. I know you're a big draft guy, and uh, we appreciate everyone who's been rocking with us uh, so far. It's been just so awesome. Again, the combine experience, I can't wait for you to come next year. Hopefully, we'll be able to have a have steak. a booth on a steak on, on Radio Run. Hopefully, Omar Khan will join us. I, I would rather have him than uh, Jerry, Jerry. better pay Jerry for that Jones. steak, though. Yeah, I think he paid for the whole restaurant. He had a bus out front with a Dallas uh, Cowboy. But they, they know they know that they could be America's team, but they know who the world's team is, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Boom. Um, but one one thing that I, I kind of wanted to to touch on, and in, 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 I, I tweeted this, I think, the other day, and I just kind of wanted to get your take on it. Now, this is I, – I do not hate on any man, okay? Get your money. Sounds but like you're the, about to do it. No. Anytime you start with that. No. <laughs> I am happy for all these guys getting their money. They, they should be laughing at the franchises that gave them this money, though. The quarterback contracts that have recently came about, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, bro, Derek Carr, what in the world? These dudes have zero what Daniel Jones has one playoff win. I get it. He's 25 years old. That's the only one that, but he's still unproven. Geno Smith had one good year. Good for him. He didn't write back. I'm excited for him, even as a pick guy. I know he's a WVU guy. Derek Carr has never won a playoff game in his nine year career and thinks that, and then the Saints think that he's the second coming of Drew Brees. So explain to me this when Kenny Pickett, how many more years does Kenny Pickett have on his rookie contract? He's got four. He the has Steelers four better years. maximize that shit. And God maximize bless it. Pittsburgh football. Because listen, I, I, it, Kenny Pickett deserves more money just off of what he did in the two-minute drill and almost getting the Steelers into the playoffs this year. It, it it just baffles me that like this is this is where we're at right now. That's the standard. One hundred and five million dollars, thirty five million dollars a year for for unproven. If if you're winning Super Bowls, if you're going into you know, the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes, I get it. But come on, man! Like these guys are just they might. This is like you might as well just burn that money because I guarantee you there might be one one of those quarterbacks who get to the NFC or AFC championship game. I don't think any of them are getting to a Super Bowl. 
So I'm just saying, man, people can say what they want about my man, Kenny Pickett. But guess what? I'll tell you two things, and, and you can you can say your take, and we'll end on this. Defense wins championships, and Kenny Pickett doesn't need to be a Hall of Fame quarterback for the Steelers to make a deep playoff run in a Super Bowl run. And I think he showed that he can be Kenny franchise. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face. But please, please, for the, for the love of God and all of creators here, please, these contracts are out of control. I want to like be like Stephen A. Smith right now and be like to these to these owners and GMs. Stay off the damn weed. <laughs> if you win something, you get paid like a winner. If you don't have any playoff wins, in Daniel Jones, mediocre quarterback. I mean, how Baker, can I add to that? Baker Mayfield has the same stats as him. Inflation, bro. You're paying six dollars for eggs. That's I mean, why teams are paying 175 million. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess so it's better be some good eggs. That's uh, I agree with I you. Mean, That's all. I'll better say. change my life. I'm, you know, I better be doing one-handed push-ups <laughs> after that. I mean, before man. we wrap up, man, we got to see. We got to. If you're watching this on YouTube, and make sure you do every once in a while, even if you're listening to us on the podcast, we got to see your pictures with the quarterbacks, the Steelers, yeah, uh, kick butt in in the uh, in the Super there Bowl. He is. There well, he listen, this is a funny story. So Matt, he was walking and he he seen me and he was like, hey. He's like, if we're going to do this, he's like, you got to turn your hat around. So we're yep. just out of respect. I actually You're wearing a Steelers hat, not a yeah, sick hat. Yeah, I am. Right? No, that was the, the day I wore the Steeler hat, but uh, he made me turn it around out of respect. I, at first, I thought it was Trent Dilford, and then I seen I seen his head, and I'm like, okay, that's Matt. So, yeah, go, go ahead with the next one. Now, there's the one. We're literally – we just got done eating, gotcha. and Kurt Warner's just walking out of the elevator, literally just, you know – nonchalantly nicest guy ever man and uh you know i'm sorry what we did to you in the super bowl but just an all-around uh humble and and great guy and this is this is what the nfl combine is like none of these like you probably could have just sat there and seen everyone and their mother that day but uh we, we were just leaving like we didn't like we weren't like searching for anyone you just run into people i think that's the beauty of it it's like you just ran into every quarterback who Lost to the Steelers in a big game. <laughs> it's funny you didn't see Joe Flacco. You should have oh, found man. Mark Sanchez. Yeah, uh, seek seek those guys out too, and and rub it in their face. Philip Rivers wasn't there walking around. Yeah, no, I didn't see Philip. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, we seen so many people, and just to meet Sammy and uh, Juliana, Nello, Rosa, everyone. They're they're just such a great family, and I'm just happy. I know you're happy as well to be a part of the sick team, and uh, man, I'm just glad I made the trip. I mean, uh, thankful to my wife. You know, I have a I have a five month old at home, so she she held it down, and uh, yeah, man, it's just awesome. I, I just love I love NFL football. I love Steeler football. I love being able, you know, we've been best friends since kindergarten. It's just such a blessing um, to be able to do this and, you know, do this for Steeler Nation because at the end of the day, we do it for you. So Get some sleep, would you? I'm going to try, but, yeah, another Penguin game tomorrow, Penguin Flyers. I, I watched that devastating uh uh, debacle, I guess you can say last night, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess we just got some news from the sick desk that the Steelers just cut Will Jackson. Uh, not yeah, really that, that important. Yeah. But, not uh, a surprise. He was making yeah. more than Geno Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, man, this has been another episode of Steeler crazy. We'll be back next week again. This is a sick production and, uh, the Steelers are the best team in the world and that's why we have the best fans in the world and that's why we have our own language in Pittsburgh. 
Pitt, look, I can even say Pittsburgh, 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 Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to get that one for the thumb in the next two years. Send it to the bank. Call Vegas. Do what you want. I'm JY. This is Michael Nakasher. This has been another great episode of Steelers Crazy, the sick podcast. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.